0: Welcome to the Kai Bass
1: Nation. All right. What's up, everybody? Welcome to KBN Live. I'm your host, Jeff Mulata. As you can see over there, there's no uh, spot for my buddy Ryan Lambert. He is not here right now. He's running a little bit behind. He was on a, a turkey hunt, but he will slide in here in just a little bit. So. There to uh, my right on the screen, we got my friend and uh, the guy that pulled off one of the best days I've ever seen in a tournament, Guillermo Gonzalez, joins the show tonight. Guillermo, thanks for taking the time, buddy.
2: Hey, it's my pleasure, man. Thanks for having me.
1: Yes, sir. So if everyone's just jumping on now, help us out and give this uh, a little share because I'm sure some people are going to want to hear this story. But, man, Guillermo, what a fun weekend it was to watch you guys throw down down there in Texas. Uh, I mean, even on Sunday, some folks – turned out some nice limits, but Saturday was just something to behold with, you know, several people going over a hundred and you throwing up 110.5 inches. I mean, I just want to get into that day, but before we do that, why don't you tell us a little bit about that river system? I I don't know that anyone was really familiar with the Trinity river or what that encompasses down there. Uh, as far as kayak fishing and the kind of fish it can turn out.
2: Right. Well, uh, the, the Trinity river system is, it's really like a, it's more of a drainage, really. Uh, it all eventually meets down, kind of like a little closer to where the elites are fishing this weekend. Um, but uh, it's a drainage that all meets up right around, uh, right around the Dallas area, and then it just keeps going all the way to the coast. And there's, uh, man, there's a bunch of lakes on it. In fact, Ray Roberts, uh, the Passmaster Classic lake, is going to be is a part of that drainage basin and uh real excited for that event they're gonna they're gonna bust some some big sacks i'm sure um but anyways it's it's a great it's a great little system we have a lot of really cool a lot of a lot of unique fisheries on it and clearly uh top-notch fisheries i mean all, every single one of those fisheries has a lot of big bass in it uh with the trinity river included um I know. I know there were a few guys that did well in the tournament, and they were fishing in the river itself, below some of the dams. So, uh, so that that's kind of another cool facet of it. You can actually uh, come out here right in front of downtown Fort Worth and catch as many bass as you want on the river. It's a lot of fun um, if you're ever in the area. At the very least, uh, wet a line on the river because it is. It really is a lot of fun.
1: Without giving up any secrets, is that, you know, I see Matt doing some guiding and catching some giants pretty often. Is he using, is he on that river some or is that, is he just uh, hitting all the different spots around that area?
2: He's ran a few trips on that river, um, a few successful trips on that river for the people that want to fish up there. But I think uh, the majority of his his guiding is on the Brazos, Uh, a large majority of his guiding. He knows, he knows that river inside and out. And he knows where the big girls live. And if you want to go catch a big girl in the river, you give him a call.
1: So, you know, I heard, I saw Trinity River on the schedule and heard River, and I thought that's all it was. But you guys were actually fishing some some, some lake-type water. And, and, you know, explain what you were targeting there. You weren't just fishing skinny water for this tournament, right? No.
2: Uh, I mean, a lot of the water that I was fishing was pretty shallow. Uh, but, no, I uh, – so while the Trinity River has is a great fishery, um, knowing what some of these lakes were capable of kind of kept me off it for the tournament. Um, I mean, it's 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 not out of the ordinary for any of those three lakes in boat tournaments to put up thirty-plus pound bags, and uh, one lake in particular, Eagle Mountain, which is the lake that I wound up choosing to fish the tournament on. Um, I personally have had some insane days out there, and I figured, man, it's a risk, um, but it's a risk I'm willing to take because I know what can happen out there, and that's exactly what happened, and I'm pretty happy about it.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. Well, let, let's get into your day because I talked to you earlier today on the phone, and I guess I didn't really ha- realize how it unfolded late in the day. Um, but just kind of take us through did, did you get to pre fish at all, or did you just kind of go based off? what you knew about that place.
2: I did. I did get to pre-fish and I I did a little bit of pre-fishing on, uh, three out of the five fisheries. Um, I never, I didn't spend a whole lot of time on either. I didn't spend a full day on either, but, um, I wanted to get a taste on how three of those fisheries were fishing. And, uh, I was able to put some good fish together at all three. Um, but like I said, I knew uh, for me at least, and for my style of fishing, what was possible on Eagle Mountain. And so I chose to do that. And kind of one of the neat things about how KBF does their format that I think made it possible, or at least a little less scary for me, is the fact that it's two tournaments. You know, it's not a two-day event. And uh, so I figured, man, I'm totally willing to bomb one if, it means I tried to put up a mega sack, and, uh, and the the truth of the matter and the truth about the area that I was fishing, that's very possible you could go out there and, you know, put up five, five 12 inches, but I was willing to do it in, in, in hopes that I could put together some much bigger fish, so, you know, it just didn't seem like as big of a risk, thinking, well, if, if it doesn't work out one day, I can just go somewhere else and fish for points, You know right but uh i knew i was gonna do that the first day i was gonna i was gonna go full bore into it and i was gonna try to catch the biggest sack that i could man that's exactly what happened which i can't complain um when it comes to my day it actually started off a little bit slow Um, i i spent a lot of time I've, i've done very well uh with the topwater bite out there. And I wasn't sure if it was going to materialize for me. I didn't get a chance to really play with it much in practice, but I was going to give it a shot and I didn't get it to materialize for me at all. I had to, um, kind of after about an hour and a half to two hours that morning, I didn't have a fish in the boat and I had to make some adjustments, slow down a little bit, try to figure out a way to start getting bit. And, uh, and I did, I started, uh, I started doing a little bit, uh, a little bit of flipping and pitching, a little bit of swim jigging, and I started picking up some fish here and there. And uh, my second fish of the day was a was a 24 inch, uh, 1033, which I was just jazzed about because uh, I, I can't tell you how many 24 and 25 inch fish I've caught in my life that I've put on my scale, and regardless of how big and how fat they looked. Did not read 10 pounds on my scale. And for it to uh for it to finally read 10 pounds on my scale, man, it it absolutely it made my ear. Um it was awesome. And I, I couldn't be more jazzed about it, honestly. But uh is that, is, is that you know, her right
1: there? I tried I tried to find out. That's a, her right there. Her. That is it isn't she pretty? Oh man, that eyeball's about to pop out of her head. Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, and you yeah, know, go, the, go, the go.
2: crazy thing is I, I, I caught her probably in uh in 18 inches of water.
1: <laughs> wow. Yeah. Unbelievable. Insane. A, that is a straight, straight giant. Uh yeah, continue on. hang on just a second. We got a we got a little breaking uh, action here. Welcome. What's up? There's Ryan.
2: What's hey, what's up, Lunch Money?
1: That shirt's appropriate. We just showed no bucket on the screen there a second well, ago. He's out there with turkey hunter Wi-Fi and uh, trying to make it happen. What's going but... on, guys? What's yeah, we we we, we can't hear you. You look uh, like Max Headroom right now. We got, we're, we're struggling. I told you I'd be here. Yeah, you're there. Right, I know, so man. G, continue,
2: congrats, G. That's a dude. I'm struggling. It...
1: Yeah, you got bad, bad, what? bad connection. I'm gonna, I'm, uh... yeah, I'm gonna bump you out for a second try to redo that connection g continue on with your day
2: anyways man you know uh, so i kept fishing and i was actually despite catching a 1033 i was a little discouraged um i was flipping some some real heavy cover i was actually flipping reeds and anybody who's ever done that knows that that is a low percentage game um you do not catch the majority of the fish that you hook and i was definitely uh Uh, that was definitely true for me. Um, I, uh, I probably, I mean, I was probably for the first 10 bites that I got, I probably caught four of them, you know? Um, so I was a little bit discouraged knowing that, you know, I'd hooked some fish that could have really put together a big sack for me, but, uh, you know, out there, the, the key to that game is if, if, if you know it might work, you got to keep doing it. And so that's what I did. And, uh, man, the, the fish that really turned my day around was, it wasn't until about, I don't know, maybe 11 or noon. Um, I caught a, I caught a 23 and a quarter and that fish weighed, I forget exactly what my scale said, but it was eight something. Um, and when I caught that fish, I was like, man, I I got a chance at a big sack if I can just keep the ball rolling a little bit you know and and with a 24 to 23 and a quarter it's not like i had to catch giants the rest of the day i just needed to catch a few 20s and that those that area that i was fishing is absolutely chock full of them so i had a little confidence moving forward until uh i checked the leaderboard Uh, (laughs) um so right around i don't remember what time it was exactly but maybe like uh one o'clock or, or two o'clock, I checked the leaderboard and I saw that Scotch had 102 inches. I think at that point when I checked, I had 101, I saw Scotch had 102 and, and here I am thinking, man, I'm doing, I'm, I'm killing it in this tournament. Right. But the crazier thing was I saw that Jody had 109 and uh, him and I were actually in the same area. And, uh, and, and, he was a pleasure to share the water with. I really enjoy that guy, by the way. A great guy, definitely one of the greats in our sports and an even better person. But anyways, I saw that he had 109 inches. So at that point, I was thinking, man, you know, I, it, it only take one little cold for me to get ahead of Matt. But dadgummit, I don't know if I can get ahead of Jody. That's insane. Nonetheless, I knew what the area was capable of, and I wasn't going to discredit it. I kept fishing hard, and right there in in about the last 30 minutes, um, I hit a scrape of fish. Um, And for those that aren't familiar, basically what that means, it's it's, it's fish that are wadded up and cover in one spot. And I caught like six or seven fish in a row, back to back to back to back to back. back, And uh, one of them was a 22 and three-quarter, and the other one was a 21-something. And – the first one was actually that 21 and uh after that you know when I caught that 21 I think it put me at 106 something and I was thinking man all it at this point all it would take is like a 21 and a half for me to tie or or get ahead of Jody and it wasn't probably 30 seconds after thinking that um I flip my bait to a patch, and I come to lift it out, and I watch a freaking toad come up and eat my bait. And at that point, I'm thinking, did I just see what I think I saw? Did I just see? I mean, it's like time stood still. <laughs> did I just see that big freaking fish eat my bait? And it was, and 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 at that point, I'm like, well, okay, uh, well, gee, uh, don't think about it too much. You got, you better set the hook, and. uh, I got the hook set on it and at that point time stopped again and I'm like, oh goodness, I just put a great hook set into that fish. Did that really just happen? And uh, I got it close to the boat and I'm about to and I'm about to lip it and once again time stands still. I'm like, this this is the fish that's gonna put me over Jody, and I just know it. And when I had that fish in the boat, I was just in complete and utter disbelief. I was like, I just I just smoked the freaking lord knows what out of these fish on this lake and it felt freaking amazing and uh man and i hope one day i get the opportunity to do that again
1: well in a tournament. i don't know if everyone understands this because you, you said this to me earlier today you cold 10 inches in the last hour is that accurate yeah <laughs> that's unheard of. I mean, there's been a lot of last minute comebacks, but 10 inches in the last hour, I'm trying to put that in perspective of what that would be like in a, in a weight tournament, you know what I mean? How many pounds would that be catching up in the last hour? It just seems unheard of to be able to do that.
2: Yeah. And honestly, I mean, like I said a minute ago, I didn't think it would happen. I knew it could happen, but I didn't think it would, but nonetheless, I wasn't going to stop because I knew I could have hit him at any point. And, uh, on that particular le- day, that area of the lake was on fire, and I knew what could happen. I mean, I've had – I've blown 100 inches many times uh, on on that lake on a good day, so I knew it was possible, and I was going to keep fishing no matter what.
1: Unreal. Uh, I, th- I think we got Ryan back. I don't know uh, if he can hear us. He looks frozen up there, but I-, I hope he can hear us, and I hope he can talk. Can you hear us, Ryan? blink twice i'm going to share this picture i don't think we'd be doing jody i don't think we'd be doing jody any justice if we didn't show his 25 incher that's a, that's a monster
2: oh, yeah. so absolutely insane
1: and you know i'm sure jody he's such a great sport and a great angler how did that conversation go after the fact when i bet i bet you know, like you said you didn't think you were going to catch him he probably didn't think he was going to get caught. So how, how'd that combo go with the weigh-in or after the fact? Well, you
2: know? uh, I actually, you know, honestly, the, the first thing that I could I think of. Know, and I don't
1: know, man. It's way-in. spotty on my actually,
2: end. How does it sound on your end?
1: It's it's choppy.
2: It's a little choppy. But uh, anyways, really, really what delight. I was saying is yeah, go ahead. Um, it didn't take to the weigh-in to uh, to see him, I actually saw him at the ranch. We were fishing the same area oh, yeah, and, that's right. uh, and, and knowing, knowing that, that I had beat him or that I, at least I thought I had beat him. I, I didn't know if he cold, but I was pretty sure he hadn't because I think fishing chaos doesn't shut off the leaderboard. Uh, but anyways, uh, the first thing I did was, uh, I got off the water, I parked my boat and I ran up to him and I gave him a big hug and I said, dude, heck of a day i'm sorry man and he and he looked at me and and he hugged me back and he said dude like i i got no complaints about today i'm glad you beat me man i mean if you're if you're gonna get beat you might as well get beat that way and and that i think speaks uh that speaks volumes about who jody is as a competitor and uh i'll tell you what i'll share i'll share any spot with him any day he can come fish with me whenever he wants
1: yeah, and I think a few days before uh, the tournament, there was a picture that surfaced of y'all playing guitar together. So it was meant to be.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, Dale Griffin said the leaderboard not shutting off was great for people to be able to watch both days. That's true. There's something to be said for that. I know that builds a little drama when you turn it off, but it's nice to be able to follow it. So, let's see here. I'm trying to get caught up on some of the comments. Uh, Richard Millard said, did they put the second-place guy on suicide watch? <laughs> no, we just talked about that. Jody was a good sport, and Jody's won his fair share of tournaments, so I'm sure he was mentally okay with uh, taking the L on this one. I mean, you can't be mad about 109 inches regardless of the outcome.
2: And that man wasn't, wasn't even a little bit mad. <laughs> no. Nah.
1: Not not a bit. If anyone has any more specific questions for for Guillermo, throw them in the comments and I'll throw them up on the screen. Let me ask you this: You said something about fishing chaos and the leaderboard. Was this your first time using it, or have you used that app before?
2: Uh, this was. I my think first if you go to Texas, you got to kind of expect Guillermo, Scotch, or Joseph to take your money at some point.
1: Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> much a given. Uh, so f- so first time out, what did you think he using Thanks. it?
2: Uh, you know, I, uh, I was pretty impressed with it. Uh, it's certainly different from, uh, I angler or Turning X, but, uh, uh, once I kind of got the hang of it, uh, everything went real smoothly and I, overall I was pretty happy with it for sure. Did I lose you for a second there, Jeff?
1: Oh no, you're good. Yeah. Continue on.
2: Did you catch what I said?
1: Uh yeah, tell me the the last part about the app. Uh, overall, the interface was fine. Is that what you uh, said?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Overall, you know, once once I kind of got the hang of it, uh I, I thought it it was really smooth and 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 honestly pretty easy and pretty quick to use. I got my fish submitted very rapidly. Uh didn't take much. It probably helped that I had great signal. You know, we were fishing here within the Metroplex, but uh yeah, I was happy with it
1: good yeah i know from, from a viewer standpoint trying to follow along it's been tough to to follow on the app but i think the the if you're on a laptop or a uh, pc or something the it, the interface is really nice to follow as far as spec from a spectator standpoint i haven't used it yet as a as an angler other than the test mode uh but yeah i haven't heard of a ton of bad reports yet um i know it's been a lot of a lot of folks, a little controversy about new apps coming on the scene, but I think there's room for them all. So it's good to hear a, a solid yeah, effort on it.
2: I agree, man. You know, I love I, – I honestly am a big fan of, of, of all the apps. I think uh, every app has something uh, has something good to offer, and uh, I'm looking forward to using Tourney X uh, next weekend on Darnell for the Hobie BOS tournament.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's going to be a good time. Uh have got a question from John. Blander said, "Good work, man. What was your go-to lure this tournament?"
2: Uh, well, I did a little bit. Uh, so my my go-to this tournament was was kind of like a was kind of like a punch rig. Um, I had a uh, I had three go-to's. I was I was throwing a swim jig a little bit. Um, I was throwing uh, two uh, two kind of cross slash beaver style baits. Um, and I was throwing them one on a three sixteenths ounce weight, ounce weight, excuse me. And one on a three quarter ounce weight. I was using the three quarter when I really had to get through the, through the thick stuff. Um, and I was using the three sixteenth when it wasn't as thick, uh, just trying to go as slow as I could. Um, uh, for me, for the most part, that 316th was an early morning deal. And the later it got in the day, I got heavier and heavier. And just to try to get further back in the stuff. And uh, and it worked out really well.
1: Yeah. On the 316th, I mean, tell me, were good. you – Where was uh, that? Were you, I say, were you pegging that 316th or was that uh, letting the bait free fall?
2: Yeah, yeah, I was, actually, um, because I was still uh, using it in, in, in some cover. Like I said, I was fishing reeds, so uh-huh. uh, not not all of them were really thick. Every now and then, you'd hit some real sparse ones, and you could actually get away. If, if, if you can skip a lure real good, you could skip it way back in there and fish it real slowly through that stuff, and that really panned out well for me, especially uh, in the early morning
1: hours. I got you. We're getting Earlier. So nice. Getting some good comments here. I'll throw them up for you. A lot of congrats and amazing wins. Uh, Lambert has Thanks, guys. Pre- Ryan pressed eject from the attempt to join our stream here. He is uh, <laughs> off in the wilderness. And, you know, we were just had frozen lunch money, as I think somebody said up on the in the comments there. So he's in the comments now. So here's a, he said something about uh, if you show up at a big in tech big event in Texas, you're going to give some money to, to g Scotch or Joseph Sanderson. Yeah. That's for sure. And don't forget about Big Stick How He's made a name for himself quick.
2: Yeah, you can't forget about How. That, guy, that guy's an incredible angler.
1: Yeah, you, Texas is just loaded. You know, me and my wife have joked around about moving down there. Uh, every year we talk about it, and I'm like, man, I don't know. Well, I, don't know joke, if I, can... <laughs> I don't know if I can go down there and compete with you guys. I'm getting my tail kicked in Arkansas. I don't know if I can go to go down to Texas and hang. No, it, it'd be a good time to come down there. Uh, let's see. For sure. Yeah, Katie, she's got a question for you. What's your setup for skipping?
2: So uh, for skipping, I was using a, a uh, 7'4 heavy, um, a seven-four heavy Saint Croix. Uh, this particular time, I was using the Legend X, um, and I was using the Daiwa, uh, the Daiwa tatula SV model um, with uh, with thirty pound. Uh, fins XS braid, and the, the, the cool thing about those diode-to-tula reels, the XSV models, is they're made with a little bit of a shallower spool, and man, it makes it real easy to skip. And if you pick a real flat-sided uh, cross-style bait or a real flat-sided beaver-style bait, uh, it's really easy to skip back there. And It does take a little practice, but just like anything, the more you practice, the better you get at it, and uh, I'll tell you what, I mean, it really helped me a lot to be able to skip it as far back in there as I could doesn't mean that every now and then I didn't hit a read dead-on backlash my reel but you know yeah. that's just part of it
1: yeah so. if you ain't cat pawing a lure every once in a while on a tree limb then you're not doing it right <laughs> Exactly, uh, Clifton or should I say Cliff Allen aka Clifton don't give away too much G <laughs> Uh, Scott Sime, how many rods do you typically take with you? Are you a minimalist or are you loading the boat?
2: Oh, well, man. You know, honestly, if I got a ton of rods in my boat, it means I don't have anything figured out. So usually, I mean, I'd say a regular tournament load for me is between, uh, between 9 and 12. Um, if I really got them figured out, I'll have as few as 5 or 6, but rarely do I have that few rods.
1: Yeah, rather, rather need it and not have it than – or what's what's the saying? Have it, and yeah, not need yeah. it, and need it, and need not it. have it. Is that it? I'll get it right one of, the, one of these times. I'm the same I way. I like, it. I like right. yeah. yeah. It's in the truck or at the house. It doesn't do much good. Uh, keep firing those questions at, at us, folks. If you got them, uh, great interview with Guillermo. Be able to pick his brain. What do we got here? One more question from Richard Millard. What depth and water temp were the big girls at? I think you heard Guillermo say that he caught that that big in 18 inches, right?
2: Yeah, I caught them all. I mean, almost everything that I caught, I caught between right, right around 18 inches. Um, with the water level, that's, that's where the cover was at. And uh, my water temps were um, – the surface temp in the morning was reading about – 61 and a half and by the end of the day was reading about 67 so if I had to guess most of the lake was probably right around 62 to 64 degrees and there were some fish on beds actually on the first day I did catch a bed fish I fished for him for about 30 minutes and I caught it Um, but uh But overall I was I was mainly blind fishing and it's very possible that some of those big girls that I caught might have might have been sitting on a bed Um, but it's, it's, there's no real way of knowing really. Some of them had some bloody tails and, but, uh, and they look to be pre-spawn. They would look like they hadn't laid their eggs yet, but you you really never know. Some of those fish can spawn and, and put the feed bags on and get fat again real quick.
1: How, how long does the spawn go on down there in Texas? I guess, you know, DFW is really not as far South as you think it is. So, I mean, the spawn doesn't kick off quite as early as you you imagine down in deep south texas right
2: yeah yeah you know the spawn in east texas tends to keep kick off you know typically it really varies this year it kicked off a little later because of that big freeze but um starts to the really start thinking about it right there in late february and and on some lakes on on, uh, on warm weeks they'll even start spawning in late february but typically um in East Texas, you're looking at mid March, and as you move west, you know out west we kind of have some cooler nights, so it takes it takes a little longer. And these lakes are a little further west, and these fish out west, uh, if I had to guess, they probably started spawning about three weeks ago, um, and we're kind of in the heat of it right now. And honestly, I mean, I've caught fish on beds, especially on Lake Fork, all the way into late May. Um, so while there's very few fish spawning at that time, there are some late bloomers that move up and spawn as as far late as May, but usually by about the first full, full moon in April, usually marks the absolute heat of the spawn here in North Texas. Gotcha.
1: Awesome. Well, speaking of, uh, spawn time, the next event, I think on your schedule is Dardanelle and it's about ready to, to happen over there. Uh, I know you're looking forward to that one, right?
2: Oh, man, I can't tell you how much I'm looking forward to that one. You know, last year we hit it in September, and I really enjoyed fishing it in September, and I can't imagine how much I'm going to enjoy fishing it in April. I mean, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think a lot of good fish are going to get caught. You know, I think we're going to see some sacks, and I hope I'm one of them.
1: uh ryan's got a question for you did you fish around cody at all he said how good does cody look fishing from that pa i don't know if you saw him out on the water. you know
2: right i didn't fish around him at all but i did see a picture of him and uh and he looked like cody doing cody things uh, the picture that i saw he was holding about a i don't know it looked like a six and a half pounder or something so nothing out of the ordinary <laughs>
1: uh ryan's apologizing he said his cabin has arkansas level wi-fi my Wi-Fi is going fine here in Arkansas, and it's even storming outside, or trying to. So we're hanging tough tonight. Um, hey, Ryan. So yeah,
2: I hope the uh, these are gobbling.
1: Try right, man. I hope they're I gobbling they're for
2: gobbling. y'all.
1: So, speaking of uh, Darnell, last little bit of this conversation, we've got a a bonus guest, a little special guest. We're going to slide in on you guys. Welcome to the show, AJ. Hobby BOS
0: tournament. That's his whole title. Now. <laughs> what's, hey up, what's, what's up, G? What's up, man? No, How you, you on, guys man, doing it's tonight? Good to, see you. good to see you too, man. Congratulations. Next
2: week well for this week, actually for this weekend.
0: Well, that's that's what we're here talking about, man. It is tournament week, and uh, you know you don't have to worry about this because you registered weeks and weeks ago. Uh, but uh, some of these folks are uh, are still waiting to slide in for uh, the last 48 hours of registration, but man, we got 90, I think 91 anglers registered right now. So, uh, you know, I, I still think we'll see 20 to 40 more people over the next couple days. And, uh, it's going to be a good event, man. I'm, it feels like forever since broken, but I'm excited to, uh, get this thing rolling and, uh, you know, get the, get it back going. I mean, we pretty much go one every three to four weeks for the rest of the season now. So it is, uh, it's, uh, it's coming quick yeah man and aj
1: are you proud of me dude i signed up like two weeks
0: ago i am man i'm proud i feel like some people have uh personally let me guilt them into signing up much earlier than they would prefer to but um i, I, I appreciate right. it and you know <laughs> well you know there's also been some people where i've had to remind literally like 10 minutes before registration closes um you know, so it makes it goes both ways. But, you know, I I feel like this is the perfect platform to talk about this um, before we transition ah. to Dar, the Darnell. This is Jeff. You've seen a little bit of it in the group message, but, you know, I'm going to talk about registering for tournaments and, ah, let's go. you know, I feel like everybody's got their own situation. And I completely understand if somebody really does need to wait until a certain day for registration. But. What I always find watching people's feeds, listening to people talk is the very last thing that people do is register for a tournament. They buy their license, they get their lodging, they make all of their plans and then literally like a day or two before registration closes, they sign up and every event, whether it's bass or KBF, there's always this big push right at the end of registration for people to sign up. But what I would love to see um, is if people, transition to registering maybe a week or two earlier maybe register is like the first thing that you do for an event because here's the thing like we all get excited when we see an event with certain names we all get excited when we see that event eclipse eclipse 100 Um, you know those are things that like people get excited about and you'll see that um, but you won't see it until like the day before so like if we had 100 people signed up by last Friday this week would have been nut this weekend people would have been like talking about it and going crazy so I feel like we could do better at promoting and registering for our own events just by sliding in there a little bit earlier and you know get get at it so um, that's my request uh, to, to you guys is maybe just for me and other directors out there get into your events a little bit earlier help people get excited about it quicker and we can probably end up having larger events um, if we all kind of do that thing. So uh, that's my soapbox, and uh, yeah, y- y'all be careful. Now Steve Fields is pushing for more money for later, later registration. So um, if we if we end up uh, having to go that route, we'll we'll we'll, we'll remember this conversation. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but no, I I get it. Everybody's got their own situation. I'm just happy that y'all want to come out and fish with us. Um, but man, we would love to. Uh, Fill these tournaments up even sooner, it would be awesome, and it's just one less thing you have to worry about. And uh, you know, you never know who's out there looking to see who's going to be in this tournament, um, it gets them motivated to go too. So, appreciate everybody that signs up early. Uh, Kate Fields is like the first person to get in every event, appreciate Kate, um, and then, like you said ryan signed up like three days earlier than he normally would guillermo was like two weeks earlier Mm -hmm. jeff got in there i mean it's been it's been special uh watching people uh you know get in there a little earlier than they normally would i'm excited man it's i'm ready to get this thing rolling uh i leave wednesday uh or no i'm sorry thursday um i'll be making the trip in one day from from home here in tennessee and we'll be getting things set up on friday and uh Rolling, rolling out the red carpet for you guys on uh, Lake Dardanelles State Park um, in Russellville.
1: Awesome. It's going to be a good time, man. The lake's about to turn just right. There was a local event down there this last Saturday. A central Arkansas event took uh, a 88 to win it. A lot of fish caught, and they were just getting right. The fish are trying to move, uh, so I think it's going to be a good time this weekend. Uh, one of my favorite commenters, Taylor Howe, did you see what she put up in there? Oh, yeah trying to scope out. Do you think, you think there's any, I think people try to try to see who's in it before they drop their money or are they just, uh, heavy procrastinators. What do you think there?
0: I'll let, I'll oh, let you no, speak on that. The big games. Yeah, that's right. If well, and a- like for me, I, I used to get motivated when we got to certain numbers because then you start talking about different dollar amounts, different payment amounts. Like you start thinking about like real stuff. Like, you know, Brian won like $9,200 because 175 people rolled up to Lake Seminole to start this season. Um, You know, if we were sitting at 130, 140 right now, people there would be a different level of excitement. Now, we might still get there. Um, We're definitely going to get there in a few events later this year. I got my man Vinny over in North Carolina already pumping up Lake Hartwell. He's concerned that it's going to cap out at 200, which is our max. And so he's going ahead and getting his uh, crew in that region to sign up early because he wants to make sure queen city represents like they always do and so i mean we'll see how that goes but there's already 31 signed up for that event and it's not until mid may so i mean it's and i think we've been getting four or five a week um you know just since we start opened it up uh, just a couple of weeks ago so it's been it's been uh, you know we're not releasing all of our events to register right out the gate so you know we don't put them all out there and, and you know want everybody to have to shell out 260 dollars um you know immediately for all these events like the you know professional um fishermen have to do i mean they have to pay for all of their events up front in a lot of series um and some of these uh like bfls and other events like that they have a registration date that's way earlier um in most cases it might not be bfls but some of those other big events have registration dates that are months out and they're fill full um so you know who you're fishing against and 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 all of that stuff but we you know we used to like literally take registration at friday at five o'clock and that puts so much extra on our directors um and so we're we're moving ours back a little bit and you know appreciate people signing up early we really do it gets me excited knowing we're rolling into a bigger event uh and and like g said he, he gets excited seeing certain names and seeing certain numbers so he can start figuring out, um, you know, what that check's going to look like if all things go the way that he's planning on. So that's my that's my two cents on it. Yeah.
1: What do, what do you guys think about, I mean, I, I've always been a procrastinator, no doubt about
0: it, for
1: a few reasons, but do you think that there's real momentum there? Like you said, AJ, when people do see the bigger numbers early, they get a little bit of FOMO. Like they don't want to miss out on that when they see a hundred and some odd people, you know, two weeks out from an event. It makes even more people sign up. It kind of
0: snowballs. Does that really happen? I mean, I personally think it does. Um, when I sit there and watch, you know, because you see things like Seminole, and it just—you don't really know why someone registers or when they do, but. Man, when we had when we went into the weekend like plus a hundred on Seminole, like every day before registration closed off, we were adding like ten or fifteen people, and it just like the excitement. Everybody was buzzing, man. It was crazy, you know. And I think that that, that is contagious. People um, can feed off of that, and you know whether people are watching these lives or watching the, the Facebook pages. A lot of times, people get on that Turney X page and look at those numbers and there's just something about some, you know, an event having three digits on it. Once it, once it gets to a hundred people kind of get jacked up on it. And I just, I think that people know that's when payouts kind of, I mean, it's not like they change drastically because you know, it's the difference of a 90 versus 110 is the difference of, you know, 20 more entry fees, but like you just, it just has that feel um, that you're in a certain level of event and Mm. it gets, I do. I think, you know, especially in an area like you guys are, are, in in Arkansas and North Texas, Oklahoma, like there's so many kayak anglers in that region and those guys might be on the fence or they might be like waiting to see if they get that Friday off or something. And, you know, they might push a little harder on the, on the wifey if they see that this is a big one um, as opposed to it, it just being like a 70 or 80 person tournament. Um, so, you know, on the flip side of that with points, people were people were kind of uh, like they were keep, looking. Keep it low, keep it down. Yeah, they were looking at uh, Watts of thinking they could sneak in some points, and then all of a sudden <laughs> we messed around and had 90 in that event too in the frigid yeah. cold. Um, and so I see that play in both ways, but this early in the season, everything's still up for grabs. I mean, you know, really like there's a couple anglers that have had really, really good like two really good finishes there isn't anybody that's had like three really good finishes but like the whole season is is up for grabs as far as qualifying and getting those points that you need um and and i just think that like there's no reason to be kind of worried about that right now there's gonna be plenty of other events to steal some points in you know we're not even halfway through this season so we've only had three of of ten events so Plenty of time. Uh, I know Jeff's trying to get qualified this year. He's trying to come to Alabama. I know. I know G's doing everything he can do to 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 make things happen. And uh, you know, he's what two years in a row at the TOCG. So you're trying to make it three. Yep, every time.
1: Man, I'm all in on trying to make it this year. AJ got off to a good start at Broken Bow. I just got to keep the momentum going.
0: Yeah, we. Uh, you know, L- L- Lambert's not on here. He's he's uh he likes to talk about how much he's going to go back to back on fools uh, for these uh, for the tournament champions be the first back to back winner. So
1: yeah,
0: I'll, I'll go ahead and, and and light that fire since he's not in here. But he's he's made that very clear in a in a couple uh, different live and personal settings that that's his goal. So. Um, I think I think people are might be motivated at the opportunity to make sure that he doesn't do that. So,
1: yeah. hey, you, you know, it's funny how things change. He said he was never coming back to Arkansas, and that son of a gun signed up early for Dardanelle, and here, here he comes. So, you know, but,
0: I, I I think that this tournament sets up um, you know pretty pretty well for him. Um, you know, it's definitely a different fishery than um, our previous visit to Wachita for the first TOC. A um, lot of river um opportunities uh he has definitely shown that that you put him on a river system with some grass and um he's gonna make things happen um it really it really hits his strong suits um and and so i think that uh you know it's good that he's coming out i know he's got a wild work week but um it's it's an opportunity for folks out in that part of the country that don't get too much of an opportunity to uh, to, to, to give them a little bit on in off the water, uh, a chance to, to show them what's up out there. So, yeah, uh, I, you know, there's going to be some great anglers in this event and that's the thing, that, you know, all these Hobie events, man, people show out, you know, drew won last year, drew won angler of the year in our series. Um, Drew's going to be, uh, tough to beat. Uh, you know, G is definitely com- right. You know, that's the thing in our sport that we don't talk about as much is momentum you know, G and Scotch are two amazing anglers from Texas, and they're both riding some serious momentum. And if you don't think that Jody takes 109 inches in a second place finish in Texas and rides that momentum into this event that he actually got third in last year, um, y'all got another thing coming too. So, uh, you know, I talked to Ron Champion Ron, today. Ron's on his way out there. I mean, there are uh, Jay Wallen's going to be there. I mean, you can go down the list, man, like every angler that's Past, present, whatever. We're we're gonna be watching y'all do it out on uh, on Darnell, and it's gonna be a lot of fun to see what that fishery can show out this week.
1: Yeah, you know, I'm biased. Arkansas, obviously, I live here, but I think Arkansas is a great central location because you got you know the folks from Tennessee and Alabama on that side, the folks from Texas on the other side, uh, Missouri to the north, Louisiana to the south it's a great central place to have events like this. So we're sure thankful you guys came back to Dardanelle.
0: I I agree, man. And I mean, like we, you know, I, I, don't, I hear it, but like the Midwest too, like when you start talking about like Iowa, Kansas, Nebraska, I mean, Nebraska has got some, some great anglers. Um, you know, I don't know. I mean, the workmen's, I think Kevin's already signed up. Um, you know, that's where Christine's from. Uh, I think it still says Nebraska on our attorney X. Uh, and, and then like, you know, that's where Nate, um that won lake fork i mean nate's from there i know he, i don't know if he'll be at this one but i know he's planning on coming to some um you, you know bos events down the road i mean th- there are so many good anglers in that region too you know richie mcmichael um uh, yeah, mel yeah. ash i mean those guys um have tr- traveled and done well in tournaments all over the country uh so you know in arkansas like you said man arkansas is just so arkansas is kind of like kentucky lake man it's like And they're not that far from each other really when you start looking at geographically it can bring so many people together um and and really not have that far of a of a drive you know i mean ideally you want a bulk of your competition to feel like they can be in an event within eight hours now i know a lot of people travel more than that to come to a lot of these events but an eight hour drive is is a long drive but you know you can knock that out and get in there and that's that's you know when you start looking at that eight hour radius there's some amazing anglers and some amazing clubs Um, and that's the thing too like if you're coming and representing your club at one of these events throw a post up in your club page Um, let the rest of your club know that these events are coming to your community Um, you know this is how this whole sport grows is you know you know the big events supporting the smaller events the smaller events supporting the big events the big events supporting each other the smaller events supporting each other you know, if everybody just supports this thing, we're just going to keep rolling. We're going to keep cashing bigger checks. We're going to keep having bigger opportunities. Um, but it all comes down to just anglers supporting each other and, and directors supporting each other. Um, and, and, you know, I think that this, this community has done an amazing job, um, doing that just, just recently. Cliff Allen says you're a great speaker. Hey, Jay. Oh, I thought he was reminding I, I misread it. I thought he said I, I was the guest speaker. I thought he was reminding me that I'm the guest <laughs> to kind of like tone it down a little no, bit. I was man. like, man, I appreciate it, Cliff. I'll I'll no. calm it down, push it back Cl- over to Jeff Cliff. and G.
1: <laughs> G, you were there, you were there in the fall, obviously. And you said you're looking forward to coming in the springtime. What what are your thoughts about the lake this week?
2: Well, I mean, I know, like I said, like I mentioned earlier, I know how much I enjoyed it in the fall. And you know, September on just about any body of water in the country can be a really finicky time of the year. And, uh, I know it was finicky for a lot of people, but nonetheless, as much as I enjoyed it in the fall, I can only imagine how much I'm going to join it in April. Uh, I think it's going to be fantastic. I think a lot of fish are going to get caught. Um, and I think it's going to be a really exciting tournament. I think the numbers are going to be a little tighter than they usually are. And, uh, I think that makes it exciting for everyone, spectators and anglers alike. So I'm really looking forward to it. And uh yeah, I can't wait to get out there. I should be I should be rolling over there uh sometime tomorrow.
1: Yeah. And uh just so you know, for everyone coming, Arkansas did lift their mask mandate and there's some capacity restrictions lifted so people can kind of get out and about a little bit and uh go out to eat, enjoy each other's company in Russellville. Some I don't. Is there going to be any kind of live meeting or live meetup uh, officially, other than the top ten AJ for this one? Or is it still going to be drive-through?
0: Yeah. So. I will say on Thursday night, um, Cody Prather has organized the kayak fishing fellowship at Dardanelle State Park. So um, if anybody wants to you know, meet up and, and be a part of that, that's a great opportunity for folks to get together. So um, you can check out the kayak fishing fellowship page on Facebook for the details on that. Um, on Friday, we're going to operate pretty much how we have been uh, since last um june at kentucky lake we are going to still do a drive-through but we do have the uh state park area that is ours all weekend so if folks you know when they get done with the drive-through if they want to kind of circle back and go hang out at the um the tournament pavilion there's a bunch of outdoor benches they're all spaced apart Um, it's a great place to hang out if you just want to hang out with your friends that you don't get to see very often Um, definitely encourage that and just being safe. But um, as far as everything that we're going to do, and and honestly, guys, I mean, it's probably going to last for the rest of the season because every state that we go to is different. Um, It's really difficult for us as directors to um, change every state we go to um, and how we operate the tournament and then also change with the changes that going to happen i mean there's already some states that have seen numbers kick back up and they're talking about doing certain things to tighten things up again and it's like you know to we we put so much into planning these events um and trying to do it a certain way and then you guys do um a great job in adapting to what we uh have to roll out for you guys so it would be really difficult for us to just change it in the middle of the season um I want to, I want to get back to the way things used to be, but it probably will be next year before we're feeding anglers again and gathering in a normal way. Um, obviously the tournament of champions will, Um, operate like it did last year where we had everybody inside and we fed anglers for a couple meals. And, and, you know, with, when you just have 50 people um, that makes it a lot easier, but, you know, for this event, we're going to be in that 120-130 range, I hope. But when we go to Sam Rayburn or when we go to Lake Champlain or Hartwell, we could be dealing with a much larger crowd. And that changes not just the buildings that we've already reserved and booked for these events, but it also changes maybe the, the way that we have to handle that group. So um, there's just a lot of uh, logistics that are involved there. And it's honestly been a lot easier for us to operate this way. Um, and it takes a lot of the time away from the angler that they've had to commit to coming back to check in and being there for a long time as well. So I've heard a lot of people appreciate that, but the reality is, is like there's going to be one night at least where you guys are coming and hanging out with everybody because that's, ultimately why this whole thing started on kentucky lake um so probably in the future friday nights we'll have our get together our meal um and then probably incorporate some of the things that we've done through covid to ease back on you guys throughout the, the weekend but you know it's way too early to start talking about next year i mean we're working on next year's schedule a little bit behind the scenes but we're uh we're definitely not planning logistics for next year right this moment
1: Now that one of the things about this, this entire pandemic is everyone at their own places of work. And with our kayak tournaments is we've been forced to be efficient. So I'm sure we'll keep a lot of stuff in place. So good stuff, man.
0: Ultimately, we just want to keep everybody safe and healthy and we've all got opinions on the right and wrong ways to do that. But ultimately, you know, we've got to uh, just, operate, um, you know, for the group and for our staff and and uh, our, everybody and, and make sure that we come away with this thing in, in the you know the best way possible.
1: Yeah. I don't know if you guys saw Eric Morris in the comments there. He said he's bringing his A game. He just won a local event down there. Eric is a factor. He's been a factor on tournaments around the region and nationally already. So uh, heads up for Eric. Always be watching out for him. Garrett Morgan. I think Corey Hopper did real well in the Hobie event there last year. So we got some local sticks out for blood. So it's going to be a good one.
0: Definitely, definitely some local sticks in this one, man. But, you know, this is this event. I, I'm just so impressed, like where some of these names are popping up from. I mean, I know there's a Ohio contingent, uh, an Indiana contingent. Um, there are so many people from different areas coming into this event. And, you know, that's the cool thing. There's a couple buddies rolling in together and, and just enjoying a week fishing. Um, and then seeing how things play out for the tournament. It's, you know, these events, I know a lot of people look at these events uh, as like a high level deal. And I think the entry fee in the two day definitely dictates, um, that mentality. But at the end of the day, a lot of people still come to these events and they just treat them like a fishing vacation or a fishing trip. Um, and they, they, um, you know, come out with their friends and their family come. This still isn't open. It can be for anybody. I I don't want people to be discouraged or intimidated by this field. Um, Everybody that's going to be in this field has gotten their tails whipped by somebody else in this field. Um, And that's just how fishing goes. Um, But it's a, it's a lot of fun. Encourage just anybody to come out. You don't have to have a Hobie. It doesn't matter. We just want you to come and fish and enjoy this series. It's going to be a good time, man. I'm looking forward to it. Um, Anything else before we get out of here tonight, guys? Yeah, it's been a great
1: interview. Guillermo, I appreciate you taking the time. That that was so much fun to watch Saturday. Uh, yeah. I you know, can't wait to, to yeah, see you guys. This I'll bet, man. I mean, you know, I just, I just can't imagine. You know, I can't wait to see all you guys this week down here closer to my, my neck of the woods
0: in Arkansas. It's going to be a great time. Can I ask Guillermo I a question yeah, about yeah, this
1: week? For.
0: All right, Guillermo. So, I mean, obviously everybody saw what you and Jody did on day one and, and I might've missed this earlier if he was asked, but I, did you, what happened on day two? Cause I mean, you didn't have a bad day, but like none of, there were no 100 inch limits. It was definitely seen from a outsider's uh, viewpoint that something changed because the amount of big fish was, was drastically different. And I think it's a really interesting perspective as a director from a two day tournament, um, into how that tournament played out over two days, although KBF operates two single day tournaments. So how did, what changed for you on the water and uh, you know, how did you kind of adapt to that to still you know put up a decent limit on day two?
2: Well, I mean, so I went into the tournament with a little bit of a different strategy than I typically would for the event. Um, and I knew that I had, basically, I looked at it as two opportunities to win a tournament right so I was gonna go hard both days including the first day and uh, I chose to fish the lake that I fished because I knew the potential that it had not necessarily because I was catching the most fish there in practice but because I knew what could happen there if, if the stars aligned and uh, and so I decided on that first day to just, I mean, everything that I knew, I was going to fish it as hard as I possibly could. And if there were fish somewhere, I wasn't going to leave till I caught them all. And so um, I think Jody and I both kind of did that the best we could. Um, and I think that was pretty evident. Now, on day two, we had kind of a wind shift. And it took a lot of the areas that the both of us were fishing kind of out of play. Um and we still had some good areas left, and we fished them. And, and kind of the nature of, of what we were doing, it's a very low percentage game. Uh, we were fishing in some pretty thick stuff. And if I had to guess, I mean, my percentage for, for, uh, for bite to catch was probably right around between 40 and 55%. I was missing more fish than I was catching, not, not because of any lack of technique or anything like that, but just because that was the nature of what I was doing. And, uh, I've been doing that kind of thing for a long time here in Texas. And I knew that going in, but I also knew that if I got enough bites, I would get enough big bites, to have a really great day. And that's, that's what worked out the first day I got. I got a lot of bites. And even on that first day, I missed a lot of big fish and it it could have gotten even stupider than it was. And Jody and I kind of talked about this, you know, we'd caught every fish we hooked. It, it, It could have been even more, way more ridiculous than it was. And, uh, but nonetheless, uh, it still ended up being pretty ridiculous and, and we had an awesome time. And even on day two, uh, we talked about this as well. The both of us had some other really big bites and you know, it, it, it we very, both very possibly could have been well over hundred inches on day two as well. But like I said, it's a low percentage game and if you're going to play it, you better be ready for what can happen. And, uh, unfortunately I just didn't land enough fish. Uh, to get up high enough but you know i certainly had some really good bites and and everybody in that area did uh, the big fish were chewing um and it just uh you know the bite did change a little bit on top of the fact that we had really sore lipped them hard um so it, it was a little harder to uh to really to to really make that kind of number happen again but it's it's not because the fish weren't there it's just you know, conditions changed on us a little bit, and we had to fish a little differently. And uh, the numbers game, like I said, the percentages weren't real good, and and that's what happens. We didn't get as many bites, so we couldn't capitalize quite as high. But I have no doubt if we had gotten just as many bites as we did on day one, you know, it, it, it would have been just as stupid.
1: Did uh, did you guys hit, get hit with a front Saturday to Sunday? Because it blew through Arkansas pretty hard. I didn't know if it came through Texas first.
2: So it did hit, we, uh, we had that north wind blowing pretty hard on Saturday, and uh, in my experience, you know, even if you have that first day of cold, the first night of cold weather during a cold front, the fishing usually stays pretty good until the wind shifts out of the south after the front hits. And that's exactly what happened. That Even on that north wind kind of cooler day, the fish were still chewing really, really hard. And it wasn't until the wind shifted again out of the south and that front had already passed through that the bite kind of got a little bit tougher.
1: I got you. Uh, We got another question before we wrap this thing up from Ryan No Signal Lambert. He's asking you to call your shot. Will you beat Matt on Possum Kingdom? Who's the biggest stick in Texas?
2: Well, I'll tell you what. I I have had some absolutely ridiculous days on Possum Kingdom, but I've never done it in the tournament. But I plan on doing it in this tournament. So heck Let's yeah, go. I'm gonna beat Scotch.
0: Yes, sir. Calling that shot. I like it. I'm gonna I'm gonna double down on that. Three days before that tournament. What about Sam Rayburn? Oh, the momentum. Who who you got on Sam Raven? Is that is that Joseph Sanderson's territory, or you think maybe some guy like Mike Jeff might show out on, uh, on Sam Raven? I know, I know Jeff's been known to do some things out there. Not Jeff, oh, yeah, lot. for sure. Not me, not me. I've
1: never even been there. You talking about you about about dreadlocks, right? I I and, you know, you
2: know, I've got I've got a few guys that I would put my money on, and it's really hard. It's really hard to bet against guys like Scotch. It's especially hard to bet against somebody like Joseph Sanderson on Rayburn. He's, uh, I think of, of everybody in that tournament, he's got by far the most experience on that lake. I mean by far. He knows it really well. He knows a lot of places you can catch him, especially at that time of year. I think that time of year really suits his strengths. I, If I had to say I'd put my money on him, but uh, I'm also, you know, my other sleeper is, is of course, uh, Brian Howell. That guy knows how to catch him in this state, and I actually don't think he's ever fished Rayburn, but I bet he'll figure it out.
1: He loves fishing that grass. Rayburn's got it right.
2: More, more than he could ever dream of. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> a few that's people. A-
0: that's the thing about, you know, Sam Rayburn is like a, a lot of people haven't, you know, despite it being such a big name lake, um, a lot of people haven't spent all a ton of time there, even guys in Texas or surrounding. Um, there hasn't been a lot of national tournament. I don't know if there's been any national tournaments that have gone there, but you know there's been some local clubs that have hammered it. Um, so I'm really excited to get down there in early June and see what that lake has to offer. Uh, But, you know, that's one of those things. Don't be intimidated to to, to drive down to Texas. And if you're already coming for the Bassmaster uh, event, I'm pretty sure that they don't start practice until Sunday. So you could fish both days of the Hobie BOS event and only miss one day of practice. You're still going to get more practice than half the people that are coming down there. Um, So you could double dip, have an awesome Texas trip, um, cash a couple big checks and, and, you know, um, take advantage of, of all that. I, I don't know. I mean, maybe like six, seven hours apart, maybe a little bit more, or is it closer than that? I don't even know if it's that
1: far. If I looked at it on the map, right? Because Rayburn's only seven hours from me.
0: So I say that one more time? time. How, how, far, how far is PK from Sam Rayburn? Like five, five six hours? I guess hours? it's
2: right at about five and a half hours.
0: Oh, yeah. That's so, easy. I mean...
2: And, and uh, one, one note... One note about Rayburn, and, and this for those of y'all that are kind of thinking about fishing it, I'm going to tell you right now why I think if you're thinking about fishing it, you should just go ahead and sign up. And they they say this about so many lakes, but I'm going to tell you right now, there's not a lake, I think, on planet Earth where this is more true in June. Okay? Okay. You can catch them on Rayburn. You can win the tournament on Rayburn doing whatever you want. You can find a place on Rayburn where you can win doing that. I mean, if you have a strength that you just have tons of confidence in, I'm telling you, bring that Bring that one rod that you know you're going to catch them on to Rayburn and, and figure out where you're going to catch them, and you will probably catch them doing that. So bring your confidence, bring your strengths, and I'm telling you, you will find a way to have a good day on Rayburn because that lake is absolutely downright incredible. It has so much to offer, every kind of cover you can possibly imagine. Deep, shallow will play. Top water will play. Everything's going to play, and uh, I'm really excited to see and 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 I'm really looking forward to hearing about how many different ways the top 10 caught them because I'm telling you right now, everybody's going to be doing something different.
0: That's awesome. I'm I'm excited to make that trip. A lot of times, a lot of times we hit those uh, big name bass factories early in the season and traditional tournaments. uh, We don't get the weather that we uh, hope that we get when we schedule something six, seven, eight months out. So, um, To be in june it should be very consistent we might be dodging some storms and some heat but i mean the fish are going to be chewing uh that'll be a fun event but we can't get there until we knock out hartwell and dardanelle this week and we can't wait to uh to get into that i'll be posting into some, some results into the KBN page like normal. Thanks for uh, sharing that space with me as I promote, you know, these anglers that you guys, uh, you know, have this audience for on KBN. So uh, thanks to that. And thanks for the time tonight. And uh, also just another congratulations to G and Scotch for, uh, for two big wins in Texas this past weekend.
1: Yeah, that's right. Thanks, buddy. I don't, I don't even know if I said congrats to Matt, but congrats Matt for Sunday. I got two caught up in the 110 inches. Sorry, Matt. Good job, buddy. <laughs> Uh, yeah, looking forward to seeing everyone in Arkansas this week. Uh, thank you, everyone, for watching and getting in the comments, whether it was on Facebook or YouTube. Our, our YouTube audience is is growing slowly over there. We appreciate y'all. And, of course, everyone that's catching us on the audio podcast later, we appreciate you guys a ton. Uh, but, yeah, AJ, thanks for slipping in, being our little secret surprise guest. And, uh, Guillermo, thanks for sharing that unbelievable story with us tonight, man. That was fun.
2: Hey, it was fun being out there, man.
1: Yeah. All right, we're going to wrap this thing up. We will see you all next Monday, hopefully, with the the Hobie BOS winner. We are out of here. See you guys. Thanks, guys.